Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right, Trent. Well, welcome uh, to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. Really excited we're able to connect up today. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Chris. I'm excited to be here and talk about how we can earn freedom in our lives. That's right. Well, why don't you tell the audience just a little bit more about yourself, uh, what you're doing nowadays? In 2018, I graduated from college. My goal was always to get a sales job in a big city. I was fortunate to have the opportunity to move from Columbus, Ohio to Dallas, Texas to start in software sales, bottom of the totem pole, sales development rep, no experience, no connections. Started cold calling for a living. Everyone said I sounded like a used car salesman. Started talking fast. I got nervous. So 60,000 cold calls later, I've promoted my way up multiple times to a senior account executive at the same company. We've since gone public, which was nice, and um, doing all I can to attain career success and also uh, build up a, a personal brand outside the office as well to, to hopefully be able to earn my financial freedom sooner rather than later. Yeah. Well, I love it. Uh, so my very first job out of college was on the inside. I was uh, in a business development role down in California, supporting a region, making calls. And back then, though, it was you get somebody on the phone, you get a little bit of interest, and then you go and you mail them a letter, you mail them a brochure, you maybe you mail them a catalog. <laughs> and so I get up the call and I'd run to the supply room and put together my thing, or maybe I'd do it all at the end of the day. But uh, I got to say that what you're doing and your progression and your success, I think some of the best salespeople that I've known over their career have had that foundation of starting at the bottom at the inside sales role and just cranking those calls. And it's hard nowadays to make cold calls. But there's a certain amount of skill and resilience and, you know, it, it accelerates your ability to sell when you have to do that day in and day out. So I commend you. If I thought my show rate was low after having a live conversation, sending a calendar invite immediately, having to send off a mail package and then trying to coordinate, I'm sure that that was, uh, that was definitely an enriching experience. You're exactly right. The skills you learn as a sales development, specifically top of funnel prospecting activities, I believe that they're a cornerstone to a successful sales career and business career as well. Because ultimately, you need to be able to communicate, get on the phone, call people, make the ask. And that's how you make things happen in today's day and age. So Trent, in doing some of my research, and I don't even remember how we connected up, but maybe I stumbled across something that you had posted. You are crushing it with YouTube videos. Um, you said you had something like, 600 YouTube videos out there? Over six, 700 videos. We're averaging over about, we're averaging about 170,000 views a month. And it comes out to a tremendous amount of hours of watch time. And, and the reason I got started, and some of your audience may know a personal finance YouTuber, his name's Graham Stefan. I see this guy, it's middle of 2020 pandemic. I'm living by myself not going into the office anymore, little lonely, wanting to make more money. And I see this guy on YouTube talking about how he made a million dollars a year posting YouTube videos, not selling any products solely from the ad revenue built into YouTube. So at that very moment, I identified he's not smarter than me. If he can do it, I can do it. And immediately started making YouTube videos. 
And through that process, learn that I don't need to be an expert and you don't need to be an expert out there to start creating content. It all comes down to identifying how do you best communicate? Do you prefer to type? You can do written work, maybe make a blog. Are you someone who likes to do some research, have conversations, audio, maybe start a podcast, or you could do a combination of both and start a YouTube channel. And in the modern era, people who are able to get attention can then monetize that. And that's how you see so many people wildly successful through the internet because it's a global way to do commerce, connect with people at scale, and it's a great way to gain leverage with free tools and resources. So I made, I started talking about my software sales career and have really been able to build an audience because I, I think I'm, I'm being authentic to how I'm doing things rather than all these other sales influencers who say, I'm an expert, I'm a coach, buy my course, I did sales for a year, you should listen to me. Meanwhile, I'm actually in the trenches making the calls running the sales cycle, so I think it really resonates with people. Yeah, you know, and that's what I picked up was it's really your personal journey. All these videos, if you go back to, if you start now, which the first video I saw was one I think maybe you posted a couple of days ago. And then I just happened to be scrolling down and I see the early Trent with the glasses. And, you know, and uh, I think there's one about being having a frustrating day. But it's interesting, you know, you're kind of walking, for example, you're walking somebody through, hey, if you want to get started in sales and you want to be a BDR, what does a BDR make? And then if you kick butt, all right, and you go to the next stage, what does that mean in terms of income? And I thought that was just, it was really, really authentic. And I personally enjoyed them. But you did have one where you're posting yourself in sitting in the office at 7 p.m., but it wasn't really a promotion or a video about how you're crushing it. You were talking about how you were really struggling. What was uh, what was on your mind? I think that was a more recent video. What was going on? I value radical transparency, and I think it's important to talk about the good and the bad. And I'm the first one to, to show up in the video and say, 4X my income in software sales, promotions, this is what we're doing. And I built a large audience talking about those things. But now I found myself in a position, senior account executive. My quota is 30 times higher than when I initially was ramping. And I was able to promote really fast to this level. So I'm in a position where my skill set really needs to develop to be able to hit this big number, $216,000 annual or quarterly quota, average deal size about 15, 20K. So it's, I mean, it's a lot of work required to do this. I've been struggling recently. Uh, It'd be easy to blame the economic circumstances. Hey, rising interest rates. We have all these tech layoffs. Companies' budgets are contracting. Sales cycles extending. Da da da. There's all these excuses in the world, but I don't. I just don't think I'm getting the job done right now. And and I view that as me needing to get better. So I made a video talking about, hey, I'm struggling right now, and this is what I'm learning as a result of going through this process. Because I, I see a, a lot of people just saying, hey, this is how to make cold calls, how to whatever. And I, I thought it'd be a cool idea just to talk about, hey, what is not going well right now? And just being very true about that and, and shared some of my lessons that I, I won't go into right now. But I think it's important to talk about the good and the bad because it really humanizes the experience because not everyone, it's not just this constant success, just rocket to the ship. Everyone has ups and downs. And there's different seasons to life. And I think I'm just going, and I view it as a major opportunity to get better. Yeah. Well, that's kind of all things in in work and business is people sometimes see and celebrate the that final result and outcome. But you know, rarely do people get to see behind the scenes, the ups and downs j- just to get there. And I mean, it's never just all up, right? There's there's hurdles and there's challenges. Well, I am curious. I don't, you know, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing, but what are some of the things you're working on to get better at or to change? to up-level your performance? 
to your point, I remind myself daily to be obsessed with the process and not emotionally attached to the results. So I'm focused on putting the effort in each and every day. And as I look at the activities that lead to my success as an account executive in a revenue producing role, it boils down to pipeline generation, pipeline health, and self-development. Pipeline generation is identifying within your book of business, your territory plan, who are your ideal customer accounts within those accounts that can spend the most amount of money, who can actually buy within those accounts. So being very mindful and deliberate with who you're actually focusing on day-to-day, who you're cold calling, who you're emailing, who you're spending time messaging. From that point forward, pipeline health, I call it revenue efficiency. It's working the actual deals in your pipeline. It's being very meticulous with what is the business case here? Do they understand the problem? Can they articulate the problem? Do we have a scheduled next event? And then through a combination of generating pipeline, working these deals, you identify skill gaps. And as I identify skill gaps in my own practice, last year, my biggest problem was executive alignment, being being able to up-level the deals and get to the actual economic buyer. Now I find myself in a position where I'm just focused on the basics. I need to make sure after every meeting, we have a scheduled next event because anytime there's uncertainty, it decelerates the deal and just hurts my ability to win these deals. And I'm just focused on generating as much pipeline as I can and improving my win rate. And I think that that's the challenge all sales organizations have is, do we have enough pipeline? And then can we win those deals before the end of the quarter, build more pipeline for the next quarter and win the deal? So the two metrics specifically is an abundance of pipeline generation, otherwise 4x of my my quarterly quota, and, and then getting my win rate up and figuring out how do I win these deals more effectively? How do I identify risk before it happens? And there's a variety of different frameworks you can apply to that, but that's generally what I'm focused on day to day. Yeah, I worked with this manager um, years ago, and he was he was a little bit older, but he used to always say, you know, Chris, you can never have too much hair, be too thin, or have too much pipeline. <laughs> and I, you know, I agree with the hair part. I don't know about the too thin, but uh, you know, he every QBR he would say this. I mean, like clockwork. So. We say happy pipeline, happy life. The pipeline truly saves lives, it makes ha- families happy. That's true. Well, so I was just actually uh, having a discussion yesterday, and um, I brought up Angela Duckworth as a book called Grit, and she was. I just listened to an interview that she did where you know sometimes grit gets confused by like working harder, putting in more hours, working till late at night. And you touched on something that really is at the kind of the foundation of grit, which is it's that consistency and discipline, right? You know, figure out your plan, figure out your your map of where you want to go and how you want to get there, and then start consistently executing on that process over and over again. And then you will hit some roadblocks and some hurdles, but you know, those are just dips. You it's the the winners are the ones that can power through those and stick with that consistency and that discipline over time. And when you do that, man, just the good things are going to come out the other end. It's all about having a target to your point. And then when I look at anyone's ability to succeed in sales, there's two dials. It's will and skill. Will is your effort, your willpower, working harder to your point. Everyone can work harder, but you eventually reach a place where, hey, we have 24 hours in a day. We're naturally bounded by this constraint. So it really begs the question, how do I become more efficient? What are the skills I need to up-level? So there's different prospecting skills, metrics, answer rate, set rate, show rate, conversion rate. 
But the metrics that I think are really important for me right now and for all account executives and revenue producing roles, it's what is your pipeline coverage? How much actual pipeline do you have that you're able to work right now? You need at least 4x of your current number. What is your average deal size? So what is the typical value of an average deal in your funnel? Um, What is your win rate? And then what is your average close time? And I think those are the most important metrics that I'm focused on. And once you have your target, and once you know the numbers to get there, it then becomes a matter of execution, consistency, and just repeating that process day in and day out. I hope you are enjoying this episode. I wanted to break in with a quick commercial. During the podcast, we sometimes talk about how to invest those hard-earned commission dollars so that you can build that freedom we are all working towards achieving. Now, I built that through 20 years of real estate investing. Now, recently, my team helped me put together a webinar on how top sales pros can create passive income and achieve financial freedom with hands-off real estate investing. Now, I'm still doing this. And as I continue to invest, I'm giving opportunity for others to learn and invest alongside of me. So if you want to learn more, go check out our webinar at hightechfreedom.com forward slash webinar. That is hightechfreedom.com forward slash webinar. We will also put the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Well, Trey, you talked about some things you're working on. What do you feel are or is maybe, what is your number one strength right now? What is something that you feel like you're really good at that you're continuing to leverage and grow with? I think my number one strength is the ability to show up each and every day. And I know that this sounds like, oh, this is abstract. This is variable. But I I think showing up every day and and truly being consistent because you can measure that and you can measure it in the form of effort in your actual output. So I would consider output my biggest strength. But on the other hand, it can work to my detriment because I love rolling my sleeves up and making cold calls. But a realization I've had recently is I'm calling people out of the blue to interrupt their days to try and start a sales cycle. They don't actually really want to be working with me. Meanwhile, I have these active prospects in my pipeline that have shown interest, that have problems, that want to work with me, but I may not be focusing enough time and energy on those deals because I love the process of actually putting in the effort. So I'd say it's my strength, but it also works against me sometimes. So I have to be very careful with it. Is that sort of natural though, when you make that transition from that business development rep to an account executive, you know, you've got to now kind of look at the pipeline differently versus before you were just a phone call making machine. Yeah. When I initially struggled, when I first started, I spoke with a senior leader in my office and he said, Trent, I think everyone, everyone works hard here. Everyone's capable, but the difference between those who really succeed and don't is, is those who are all in. That's one of our values. It's one of those, hey, drink drink the company Kool-Aid. But I really ran with that and said, hey, we're taking this island or we're sinking with the ship, whatever it may be. So I, I made hundreds of cold, 100 cold calls a day for nine months. That's how I learned. So my approach becoming an account executive was massive volume. But as your quota starts to increase, you need bigger deals to work to have a chance of hitting bigger quotas. So it's, it's a trade-off between how can I get volume, smaller transactional deals, but also slow down to speed up and really figure out within these more strategic accounts, how do we penetrate the right levels? How do we start building the relationships? So that's something that I try and take that strength of volume, consistency showing up and apply it in the right channels. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't. 
Well, you know, clearly you think a lot about your business and a lot about your uh, how you go to market, how you uh, you know how you make your calls and how you execute. So, Trent, as you think about now, um, you're five years in. You uh, kind of made that jump. You've progressed from you know the the very entry role now to a, a senior AE. When you think about you know kind of the next you know, twenty years from now, I don't, I don't even know if you can think that far out, but if you can, what does that look like for you, or what does freedom look like for you as you think about the long term? I recently read a book called The Sovereign Individual which I really enjoyed. It was produced in 1999 and they made predictions for the information age, which is basically the start of 2000 and and the current generation we're in right now. And the qualities of a sovereign individual is someone who has absolute freedom of time, freedom of location, freedom of who they work with, what they work on, and freedom of thought. And I I think that that's, that's really important and something I value. And when you're working for an organization, you can earn enough money to invest that money to then either receive passive income, which everyone wants, or to have a comfortable enough stream of income where you don't have to really worry about anything. I don't think that that's true freedom. I think that you're earning a great quality of life. But true freedom to me is owning a business of some sort, owning an asset that generates consistent, predictable revenue, cash flow, ideally, and then also appreciates in value over time. So the only way to true wealth, in my view, is to own equity in some sort of business, ideally, or that could be a building. I know that with the real estate angle as well, I think that that's really interesting. There, there's some edge cases as well. But as I think 20 years ahead, and, and I imagine even sooner before that, I plan to start a business, ideally in tech. I'm really interested in software. You have the high margins. You have the recurring revenue. You have infinite scalability. And I think that all the tools are there that it's possible for anyone who has an idea to really bring it to life. So ideally, I start a business, we grow the business, we hire a team, and it gets to a point where I'm not even focused on an exit or a certain number. But that to me is true freedom of time because I can't say everything I want because I run the risk of losing my job. So you have to really be able to control your own fortune. And the only way you can do that is by being your own boss. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's top of mind for a lot of people right now. It's we're at a time where the layoff news, it just continues to roll in, right? Amazon. I think Apple is the only one that, that has said that they're hiring people, but Amazon, Facebook, I mean, just you, you name it, either they've announced layoffs or they're right in the middle of it. And, you know, your job is safe until it's not. And it's, you know, not everybody is is built to go own their own business or build their own business, but when you can take control of it, in some way. And maybe you're still selling, but if you're building maybe something on the side or some type of additional stream of income that can offset that risk of a layoff, it's that much more comfortable for the family, for you personally, a little bit less stressful. Because when you do go to make that next jump, you know, the worst situation is to be desperate, right? And you're like, oh God, I got to take the next job that comes along. Well, guess what? That's probably not going to be the best job. And maybe you're not going to be all that excited about it. And you're probably not going to perform well. And at 12 months from now, you might be out looking again. So if you've got a little bit of a cushion, maybe you can find that right job for the right fit that gets you passionate and and keeps you excited. So interesting. And Chris, this is the practical advice your audience can take away as a result of this conversation is, is you don't need to go start a business today to earn this, this sense of freedom or comfort to your point is your, your job is only as important as it, it until one day it's not. 
And what is true value? It's being hard to replace. And the reality is every employee, even the CEO in most cases, is replaceable. They're a little bit hard to replace, and that's why they get paid so much money. The beachfront property, it's hard to replace, hard to replicate. That's why it's worth so much money. So in the interim, to protect yourself and make yourself more anti-fragile, it is diversifying your income streams. And that's what gives me a lot of comfort at night is knowing if I lose my job tomorrow, at least I have additional income streams, specifically through online income. And I think everyone's really interested by the idea of that. And it's something anyone can do today, taking the steps we talked about today is starting your own thing, blog, podcast, YouTube channel, whatever, start getting attention. And then all of a sudden, you'll have this new income stream. And it puts you in a really great position to supplement your work until you're in a position where you can actually start taking some massive risks. Yeah. And I would imagine, Trent, just going back to your YouTube videos, let's just say that you decided to make a move either on your own, you know, your choice or somebody else's choice. You've probably made some connections some direct connections or some indirect connections by the impression that you've made or just by the availability of you being out there, that's probably going to make it that much easier for you to make that next jump if you so choose to do that. Your personal brand matters in and outside of your organization. And this is why I'm so focused on LinkedIn and YouTube. Is It's nice to be known within the organization. I think the politics, depending on the culture, matters and p- people know who you are. You're, you're inherently more valuable if you have attention online than someone who performs equally as well with no attention, in my view. But it's also outside the organization. Do people know you outside of the organization? What do they know you for? Because in the event you lose your job or you're looking to up-level a relationship or get access to someone on your podcast... It's the instant credibility through the social validation of having following on a channel where people say, you know what, they probably know something, therefore they're more valuable because I can just see this, it makes sense. And and that's why you see the people like Mr. Beast today. That's why he is probably going to be a billionaire. That's why Kim Kardashian starts a Spanx line and sells it for a billion dollars in a year. It's because they've taken attention to a new level, but us within the B2B corporate space, it's important to have that attention as well because your perceived value is more important and you can go and get bigger and better jobs. Yeah. So Trent, um, what do you? What have you done internally to help build those better connections to be make yourself less fragile, as you said? It's all about the people and then it's all about the performance. I'll start with the performance because I think that this is number one is, and this is a realization I had recently, especially in an environment in tech where these companies need to grow more profitably now. So they're reevaluating. Do we need all of these roles today? And you would think sales generating revenue. And I'm seeing a lot of these companies laying off salespeople. So first and foremost, it's performance. If you perform in your role today, you put yourself in a position to have options. Every sales development rep wants to be an account executive. Every account executive wants to be an enterprise rep. Every enterprise rep wants to be a leader, a CRO, see whatever, have their own business. So by focusing on the role you're at today and controlling your performance, which is something that's really important. And, and you got to take accountability for if you are performing well or not performing well, that's number one. But number two is from that, you can then parlay that. And then I've proactively reached out to senior leaders of teams I would ideally want to work on. As early as this year, I reached out to a leader of an enterprise team and then his boss as well saying, look, I'm a year out from this promotion eligibility, but this is what I want to do. Don't assume they know what you want just because you think, oh, this is what I'm going to go do. Tell people what you want. And then all of a sudden you back that with performance. And then you're the person who's going to be in the best spot to get that job by removing that uncertainty. 
Yeah, it's a great point. And, you know, I'm a sales leader and, and I can tell you the one thing that I am horrible at doing is reading people's minds. So, you know, the easier yeah. you can make it, better off um, it is for both parties. You're exactly right. So, so Trent, as we kind of get uh, close to wrapping it up here, um, you know, and maybe take this back to more of the BDR role because you you accelerated nicely in your early career. What do you feel separates maybe the top 10 to 20% of um, top BDR performers from the rest of the pack? What are they doing that separates them from everybody else? We call it winning the day. So it's identifying what are the metrics that you need to hit today in order to win the day. If you leave the office questioning Okay, was well, today a good day? Was it a bad day? I set some meetings, but is that is that good? That is that bad? Being able to quantify what does a one day look like, that's really important. And then the next iteration, once you figure that part out, because it's all about just showing up in consistency, which is something we had talked about, which is my strength, because that's what I really fostered uh, earlier in my career and, and something that I believe is a cornerstone to under ongoing success. But it's also the game within the game. It's the relationship with your account executives. It's meeting with them weekly. It's the good SDR is able to set meetings for the account executive. The great SDR sets the meetings. It also sends the reminder. The superstar SDR does each of those things and then also sends proactive notes to the account executive. So it's being more proactive and solution-oriented. I can tell pretty quickly in Slack if someone has just not really thought through something or they've just they just set it and then you're like, okay, that's, that's not very helpful. But you can tell when people are very proactive, very solution-oriented, very, hey, I'm here to help. And as an SDR, BDR, ask your account executive or who you're working with, what do you want? How can you be more successful so that you can then align your actions to drive that forward? And then hopefully you get, I don't want to say freebies, but it's the game within the game. If the account executive likes you, you'll be in a better position than if the account executive doesn't like you because they'll be able to guide you in the right direction, maybe inflate things a bit in your favor if you really need it. And I think that's the game within the game in addition to just baseline performance and aptitude. Yeah. I mean, that latter part there, I mean, it is a team to be successful. Um, if you've got that relationship with that field rep or that enterprise rep and you're part of the team and you're adding value, they're leveraging you, it's going to accelerate your performance. But going back to your win the day comment, you know, it, it reminded me of something that, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, which is at the end of every day, you know, I look at each day as mini goals, right? There's lots of things I need to get done, but what are the big two or three things that if I get these things done today, it's a successful day. And then the most important part is at the end of the day, recapping to say, hey, what did I accomplish? Because if I don't do that, sometimes I'll get to the end of the week and I was like, wow, what a whirlwind of a week. What did I get done? And if I don't stop and kind of maybe do just take like two to three minutes each day and just jot a couple of those things done or down. By the end of the week, I may not remember them because you know so many things have happened. But it it sometimes you know you end the day you don't feel like it was a great day because you just got sucked into like that one bad thing. But if you look at it and say, okay, what did I accomplish? What did I achieve? Did I get my big two or three things done? Heck, you know what? That's pretty good. You know, pat yourself on the back and then move on to to the next day. I always like to say your calendar list. Your calendar is basically a to do list assigned by other people. And when you immediately get into the office and check the the email, which I do oftentimes, you're playing defense naturally because you're reacting to what other people are saying that you should be doing. Whereas if you identify to your point, okay, I need to set one meeting today, or I need to get this proposal out today, and you really go on the attack and focus on your list, I think it creates a lot more leverage and impact on you being delivered with what you need to get done. Yeah. I, um, I heard somebody talk one time about when you start your day off, 
start your day off with what are those th- things that you need that you need from other people, right? Take control, right? So email, call those three, four, five people, ask what you need, just get that done, knock that off. And then, you know, then you can start responding to everybody else, but don't respond to everybody else until you've made your request on what you need to get your business done. So interesting point. Well, Trent, I really appreciate the time today. I'm excited to watch your career grow. I think you're going to be incredibly successful. When you start up that SaaS company, give me a call. (laughs) Well, we're going to sponsor some ads on this podcast, Chris. I love it. I love it. Well, if somebody would like to reach out to you or they want to follow you, what's the best way to connect up? Make sure to leave a review, like, comment on Chris's channel right now before you go check me out. But you can find me on LinkedIn, YouTube, active there. And um, yeah, it was a great conversation today. Really appreciate you having me on. Oh, my pleasure. And definitely go check out his YouTube channel. You'll uh, you'll find a lot of lot of value from it. Trent, look forward to speaking with you again and check back in later. I'd love to have you back on the show. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating, and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.